Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. This episode has almost happened many, many times this past week. It has been a doozy of a week. (laughs) And every time when we said, we're going to sit down and do the podcast, right before we went to sit down to record the podcast, something major happened. The first time it was that Caitlin was going to go get her driver's license. And Jesse, you were gathering up the paperwork to take her to go get her driver's license. We were going to record the podcast right before and you couldn't find her social security card, which if any of you have been to the DMV ever in your life, you know that paperwork and bringing in the proper paperwork is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And you'd be shocked how many people don't have the right paperwork. And Caitlin is one of those people who has been anticipating this for a long time. Like it was, I mean, for any child taking their driver's test, it's a big deal. But for her, especially, it's something that she has thought about and prayed about and been anxious over. And it's just been a very, very big thing. And so she'd really psyched herself up for this. It's been weeks of waiting for the state and then to not have the paperwork. So we turned the house upside down, inside out. We looked in all the places that it possibly could be. We looked again in all those places and again and could not find it. (laughs) And again. So while I was, while you were doing, looking the third time in the same places that we had already looked, I was researching online, trying to come up with anything because I was just like, we cannot not have this driver's test happen Um, because that would just, you know, she psyched herself all up and then be like, uh, you're going to have to reschedule for Mm -hmm. six more weeks. And so I was researching online and found that it could be any official documentation that had her full social security number on it. So you're like, oh, I can make that happen. But then you started looking to try to find that. Yeah. And every single piece of documentation you could find had part of the social security number starred out. Correct. So needless to say, we didn't get the podcast recorded that day. And oh, and, and then... After all of that commotion, which I think was the, was probably two and a half hours, you go get Caitlin from school, she changes her clothes, she gets all ready, she's going to go take her driver's test, and you go to get in the car, and you cannot find your wallet anywhere. (laughs) Finally found it, but it was just one of those, I mean, days where it just felt like thing after thing after thing. So we're like, okay, you know what? We're going to record the podcast the next day. So the next day. We get everything situated. The older kids were going to watch the younger kids. We worked it all out. We got ready. We were literally getting ready to walk down the stairs. And right then, David pulled his feeding tube port out, which if you don't know about feeding tube ports, this is the part that is in his stomach. So when he pulls it out, there is now this gaping hole with the stomach contents coming out. So we couldn't just be like, hang on, David, we're going to go record a podcast. So 
Thankfully, it wasn't as bad this time as it had been in the past when he had done it. But we have gotten more experienced and it's no longer this major emergency, but it is something where you have to stop everything and handle and that. take care of it. Yep. So by the time that was taken care of, our window of opportunity had closed up and we're like, okay, we'll do it in the afternoon. So we'd planned to do it in the afternoon and I was gone at an appointment. I came back home and Kirsten had been in the basement watching a show. You had checked on her multiple times, but somehow in the process of her being down in the basement, she had gotten a pair of child scissors, which she usually has done phenomenally well with scissors. And Mm -hmm. she has been very responsible with them, uses scissors as they're supposed to be used. But she was trying to open up this little package that she got the scissors for and somehow then decided that it was time to give herself her very first haircut. So she came upstairs. I had just gotten home. She walks upstairs. She just has on panties and she goes, I took my dress off because there was hair all over it. And I looked at her. And she has long, beautiful, long hair. She's never had a haircut. We actually had scheduled one to happen in three weeks. And we talked a lot about how you go to the special place with the special lady who knows how to use the special scissors to cut your hair because nobody else ever cuts their hair. Um, you, you have to do it in a special way. And um, she had definitely done it in a special <laughs> way, let's just say. Um I don't really, I I kind of would have loved to be a fly on the wall when she was doing this because I don't know if she was like, wow, that feels really cool. Like, look at all this hair that's coming out or what exactly if she was just watching her show and just mindlessly doing this. I don't know. But needless to say, she came upstairs and I, I looked at her And then I looked at her again and I couldn't really see because of how she was angled, but I was like, something isn't right with her hair. And then she told me, I took my dress off because there was hair all over it. And then she goes, I gave myself a haircut. And (laughs) that was about the time that she turned and I saw that she had not only given herself a haircut, she had basically scalped the side of her head. And I don't think I was home at the time. No, you had already left. You you had up and left. And so I really didn't know what to do. We have never had a child do anything to this level with scissors. I mean, Catherine one time cut the couch um, on accident while she was working on a project. So she cut some slices in the couch and we sewed that back up. But we've never had any child do major damage like, like this with scissors. The mm-hmm. girls one time got the hair clippers and they were just messing around with Silas and they turned them on and they were pretending they didn't realize that there was actually a blade on and it was going to buzz his hair. So they buzzed down the center of his head and I walked in right <laughs> as I go, oh, and they like take the <laughs> clippers off and realize that they have just buzzed like this whole thing down the center of his head. But he's a boy, so you can just shave it and it was no big deal. We just, he just buzzed his hair and it was fine and it grew back. So she has really long hair on one side. Like from one side, it looked totally pretty much normal. She'd cut a few pieces, but you couldn't really tell. And so it was long. I mean, Jesse, it was, it was all the way down mm-hmm. her back. Yeah. Um, and the other side, there was a patch would you say three or four inches wide yeah. Yeah. that was completely scalped? Yeah. Like completely, yeah. She went to the scalp. completely scalped. She even had a little cut in her scalp 
because she had gone so deep. And this, these were with child scissors. That's the thing I can't yeah. figure out. I mean, they weren't the safety plastic scissors, but they were a little pair of yes. child scissors. Yes. They weren't sharp or anything. So <laughs> I didn't really know what to do. I mean, all I c- could figure at that point was like, uh, are we going to have to buzz her whole head? Like, I, I don't know that there's a way to fix this that's going to look even halfway decent. The it problem kind is, of, too, it was mid-afternoon. And you called and said, something just happened that we need to fix right away. And then you had her tell me what was going on. I was like, uh, what, what would need to be fixed right away? So this was on a Saturday. Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend at 3 o'clock. Most places close at four. And are closed like Sunday and Monday. Uh-huh. And I was just thinking, she can't go out of the house. Like, there's no way she can go anywhere like this or someone is going to think something, a cat or a dog or a cheetah or something has gotten a hold a of her child. <laughs> I mean, it was, it looked so bad. And, you know, it was one of those things where we've had conversations with her about the scissors. And so immediately... At first she said, I gave myself a haircut. And then when I responded like I did, honey, oh, that is not okay. We do not. And then she all of a sudden realized what she, it was like all of a sudden she remembered all those conversations that we'd had about scissors. And so I had her call you and she had to tell you, and she was so scared to yeah, tell she you. she was really she hesitant was to tell so you. <laughs> Um, but it was one of those things where it was natural consequences, honestly, because one, she loves using scissors. And now mm-hmm. we said you lost your scissor privileges, which she's very sad about because she loves using scissors. She loves cutting. That's something that she really enjoys doing. And she's done such a great job. So we've been okay with her using them. And then she was really sad about her hair when she realized what had happened. Mm-hmm. And so gratefully, you called a bunch of places and found a place. I just prayed. I was like, Jesus, please help someplace be open because I don't know what we're going to do. And they got us in within a few hours. And the man was so kind, so patient. And he even said to me, I love fixing accidental haircuts. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. And maybe his definition of fine and my (laughs) definition of fine are two different (laughs) things. But we didn't have to buzz it. And it was salvageable enough that if we put a clip in and a headband in and kind of comb it a certain way, mm-hmm. you can't really see. And from one side, it looks totally fine. But the yeah. other side, it's just a little interesting. Yeah, so. but it's the bottom half that had to get cut off that is heartbreaking. Yes, it was her first haircut. Well, actually, she got two haircuts yeah. in one day. Um, but it's just hair. And it'll grow back. Yep. But but again, we didn't get to do a podcast because of that. So here we are. Here we are. Um, one more story. So today, this morning, I said, Jesse, we are going to record this podcast. We're going to record this podcast. It's Sunday. I said, as soon as we come home from church, we're going to record the podcast. And I literally said out loud, no one keel over. No major emergency happened. And we talked to the kids and figured out who was going to babysit and all that. We get in the car to go to church. Within 30 seconds, we get a phone call from one of our kids who was not with us. They were driving a separate car. And they said, "Um, Mom, there's a bit of an emergency. Remember I said that I could help with babysitting. Um, My boss at work, they found him 
passed out this morning and I have to go into work after church to cover for him. And I just was like, I, I don't, <laughs> don't, I mean, I don't even laugh. You, it's not a laughing matter, no. but I had just said a few minutes before no one pass out. And, and I'm just thinking what on earth? So anyway, this podcast, apparently someone really needs to hear this or something, but we are going to talk about season of transitions. But first, Jesse, do you have any book updates? I forgot to ask no. you. Okay. Well, that's good because we're going to go really long um, with all of our stories. But I have been reading, and I've talked about this on the podcast, and I had the author on the podcast, but I just have to mention it again. I've been reading The Worry-Free Parent by Sissy Goff, and I just cannot recommend it highly enough. It is so good. It is convicting me so much. I love how she puts things in a way to just shine a light on our own insecurities, our own struggles, our own fears as a parent, and ways that we can step into our child's world in a more healthy way and ways that we can work through our own unhealth and how so often what we might think is a way that we're helping our child, we're actually hurting them. And so I'll just give you that much and say, go read the book. If you are a parent, if you ever hope to be a parent, if you work with kids, if you work with parents, this is such a valuable read. You might not agree with all of it, but I promise you, I promise you it's going to make you think. And it's probably going to, if it's anything like how it's affecting me, really convict you and help you with practical ways that you can worry less and be more confident as a parent in a way that you're going to set your child up for more success in the future. What's saving my life this week is a question that you asked me, Jesse, on one particular day this past week. We're going to get into a lot of what happened this week that was nothing to do with all the stories we just shared. Um, but one of the days this week, I was feeling especially kind of just like there was too much on my plate. Mm -hmm. And I came to you and just kind of vented, which sometimes can be a re really helpful thing to do. If you're feeling overwhelmed, even you. brain, <laughs> what's that <laughs> supposed to mean? I was going to say to brain dump. Sometimes we feel so overwhelmed with life and when we just get it all out. So either that's venting it to someone else or just brain dumping everything out on a piece of paper and you realize, oh, there's not that much or, oh, there's a whole lot. And in this mm -hmm. case, there was a whole lot. And you said to me, you asked me this question, what don't you have to do today? Which I thought was very, very wise. And it really challenged me. And at first I was like, I have to do all these things, like everything on this list I need to do, which wasn't true, but that's how I was feeling. And so then stepping back and saying, wait, hold up, let's zoom out. What don't I have to do today? Like if someone were to push me off a cliff, if I didn't give up one of these things, which one would I give up? What don't I have to do today? Or what don't I have to do today? Exactly. That was another, this is another way you. to same question, just different emphasis. And so I looked at the list and realized that I was planning to go to Kroger. I love to go to Kroger. I love to look for the markdowns and the clearance deals. I love to share them on Instagram, on Facebook. 
But there were a lot of great digital deals this week and I didn't need to actually physically step in the store. So I realized, you know what? I had planned an hour and a half for shopping and doing the videos about my shopping trip. If I were to just place a digital order, do the pickup order for the next day, do it all online, I'd still be able to get all of those deals that they had digital coupons for, but I wouldn't have to physically go into the store. And that would save me a good probably hour and 15 minutes, which is just the amount of time that I really needed to free up some space and breathing room in my life. And so that was such a great question. And uh, I just challenge you to ask yourself that question often. I, I want to be doing a better job of asking myself that. So thank you, Jesse, for helping to save my life and my sanity this week with that great question. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it and it was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis so I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT, and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin, and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot 
I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoire today. A season of transitions. That's very much where we're in. And so this episode is going to be sharing just kind of some personal updates, but also just how we're walking through a lot of different transitions and what we're learning in the process. And so I have four areas that we are transitioning and actually all of them happened this past week or are in the process of happening. So there was a lot of, I feel like, emotional whiplash or emotional roller coaster ride that we've been on this week. And it might take me a few weeks to really actually process it, but I thought sitting down and recording an episode is a great way for us to actually verbally process some of this stuff. So the first big transition is Catherine left for college on Sunday. And I didn't really know what to expect with saying goodbye. I've heard from so many parents, oh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Or, oh, you think you've prepared yourself for it. And when it actually comes down to it, it's really, really hard. And so I didn't know how it would feel. Mm-hmm. It was really surreal. We went the night before. She's living about 45-ish minutes away in... Depending who's driving. Yes. Well, depending upon traffic too, but uh, what time you are driving there. Yeah. But in a house that we are renting to her, it's a house that we bought as an investment property so that she could rent from us. And then afterwards that we could rent it out and... Um, so we went the night before to load, to unload some things for her, namely her bed, because that was one thing she couldn't get herself. And it was just weird. And it was kind of just this moment of we're setting up her bed for her. Like she's moving here and she's not going to be living at home with us full time. Now we're very blessed that she's 45 minutes away. Um, 35 minutes on a really good day if mm-hmm. someone who's a faster driver than me. Um, so she can come home a lot. But at the same time, it's kind of that you're standing on that precipice of, 
our life is never going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, she may come back and live at home, you know, I don't know, over the summer. She might come home, you know, during breaks, that sort of thing. But it's she's taking that step into adulthood. And I feel like you don't usually reel them back after that. And you actually, you, you want them to go yes. take that step. Mm-hmm. But it's still weird as a parent. Mm-hmm. You have poured and poured and poured and loved and given and taught and trained and nurtured for these 18 years. And all of a sudden you're like, I worked myself out of a job. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this is what all that work is put in for. Yeah. And so I think for us, it was really, it's been this really incredible thing to stand mm-hmm. back and watch her adulting. Mm-hmm. She was the one who made the list of everything she needed to buy for her house and everything that she needed to do. She went out and went furniture shopping. She picked up a lot of things uh, from really inexpensive ways. Um, She borrowed some things. She got some hand-me-downs from different people and she spent very, very little money. She had this tight budget for furnishing her house and just seeing her have so much joy in that and then seeing her, you know, buying her groceries and stocking her cupboard and using her coupons from the Kroger app to be able to get the deals. It's just been really cool is not the right word. In fulfilling. That. Fulfilling, yes. As a parent to think of, she's doing it. Mm-hmm. And she also has texted and told me, this is a lot of work. And and I think that's good. Mm-hmm. It's good for 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 22-year-olds to start really stepping into those spaces of taking ownership and personal responsibility in a very adult way to prepare them and set the foundation for their future that, yeah, it isn't easy always to be an adult and it is a lot of work, but there's also so much fulfillment. And we've seen that. She's felt so fulfilled It's just been so fun to watch her taking ownership of her house and taking care of these things and finding so much joy. Like the couch that she bought, she found a really great deal. It was a little bit broken. And so she was able to get it marked way down and you can't hardly even tell. And it's a great couch. And she was so excited about it and and stuff like that. That was creative. I, I didn't even notice it whenever I went in and saw it. Yeah, she was like, see, look here, this is why I got it for such a great deal. So I think one of the things as parents that I would just encourage anyone who you're maybe coming up to that precipice, um, you're on the cusp of your child, you know, maybe they're starting high school or they're a junior or they're a senior, I would just say, enjoy these years. Don't spend your time feeling sad about what you're going to lose and instead be excited about what you're going to gain and savor today. Don't let the fear of the future or the grief Mm -hmm. of what you will be losing in the future keep you from missing out on the joy of today. Well, and, and also not only you're missing an opportunity to rejoice with them and because they're experiencing a high in starting this new stage of life. Sure, there's anxieties involved. There always will be. Um, but you get to come alongside them and, and cheer them on. And you know, we've always felt that we're, we're raising adults 
to arrows, if you will, and shoot them off to the world. And that's what we did. And, you know, somebody was asking me how, how I was doing um, since uh, she moved out. And it's like, you know, it wasn't that bad at all. It wasn't as bad as what I expected it to be because we raised her with the in- intention of shooting her off and being excited to see how God was going to use her. And I'm very proud of her. And, and it's just exciting to see the um, things that she's doing and how she's encouraging and helping others and, um, and how she's growing in her own life. Well, one of the things that we talked about, she was worried because she didn't know any freshman girls. She chose a college that wasn't, for lack of a better word, the cool college. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people weren't going to it. And it was a decision that she made to creatively be able to save a lot of money. She also wanted to be closer to home, especially for her first year. And I think that it was a really wise decision, but it also meant that she wasn't going to be going away with multiple friends. Mm -hmm. She was by herself. And so we talked a lot about what that could look like. And she really spent a lot of time kind of preparing her heart for jumping in full bore to meet people and build relationships because she knew that she needs community. Mm -hmm. And so when we went to the orientation There were multiple campus ministries that we talked to and got connected with, and she got phone numbers. And so they had texted her and invited her to some things that actually started before college even started. And so she showed up to one of those on the Saturday night and just really connected with people. The next day, Sunday morning, she went, showed up to another event and then church with the campus ministry and then to another event and another event. And over the course of the last week, she has, I don't even know how many events she's yep. been to. She's but, gotten so much, so many things not completed <laughs> that she wanted to complete because she's been off doing all these events. Which I think, you know, we talked about it and how really prioritizing community in the beginning is going to pay off big time. Mm-hmm long-term. And so it's okay if you didn't get your dishwasher fixed or you don't have your house set up as well as you'd like because you're building relationships. And so in the, in the coming weeks and months, she'll have time to be able to work on those projects. But she, this is the time to really be investing in those relationships. And I really encouraged her. I said, show up. Like if you get invited to something, as long as it's a good thing with, (laughs) with good people, just say yes even if it feels really awkward, even if you know no one. And she told me, she said, mom, that was the best advice because I showed up the first time and it felt really awkward and I didn't want to go and I didn't know anybody, but yet I showed up and ended up from that first event, she has connected with so many people that within the first week, she said, I know so many people and I feel like I already am plugging in in a really significant way. She's volunteering. Like she's already getting plugged in in a way that I think long-term is going to make such a difference for her and for her first year experience. And so I'm really grateful. And I feel like that that advice works for any situation where you're new and you don't know anyone. You got to show up even when it feels really awkward, because that's how you're going to, I would say, experience the awesome. You got to kind of push through those fears, those insecurities, or just the, 
I don't know anybody. Will this be just really uncomfortable? And sometimes it will, but that's what's going to lead to you finding those comfortable situations, those comfort zones in relationships. So that transition, while a big one, has been a really good one. And we've just all this week just had found so much joy in watching her She's already grown wings, I feel like, but now this week really getting to exercise them and fly with them. And as a parent, it's just, nobody told me that that would be one of the best parts of your child leaving the nest is watching them fly and Mm -hmm. soar. Our second transition, David also started preschool this week, which was a big transition. And honestly, for my mama heart, I feel like this one was a bit harder for me Then Catherine going to college, which feels really weird, but we've never done preschool with any of our kids except for homeschool preschool. And also David only has two words. He says mama and he says ball. And so he doesn't have the ability to communicate. And so sending him to a school where I won't know really how it's going other than what the teacher tells me. And, you know, there's just can be a lot of unknowns and what ifs and worries and fears with that, that I really had to process through. And he's just so tiny. Like he's 23 Mm. pounds. He's in 12 to 18 month clothes and he's just so tiny and vulnerable. And we've walked through so much with him. And so sending him to school just feels like a big step, Mm. but we could not be more impressed or excited or at peace with this situation. He is, um, he qualified for, it's called early childhood. It's a special preschool um, with the special education department at the schools here in our area. And there are about 10 kids per class and about five of them will have some type of disability or developmental delay. And the other five are called peer mentors. And so they are They have to go through an application process and be accepted, and they're there to demonstrate the correct way to do things, like how to walk in a line, how to wash your hands, how to sit in a chair, how to eat your snack, and just all of the different things that are going to be going through um, during the day. And he has just so far seemed to really, really enjoy it. And there are four, there's a teaching team of about four teachers, um, two are in the class full time. And then two will be therapists that come in and out and they'll have individual and group therapy types of things that they do. And they've set really specific goals for him for this next year. And I'm just, I've just been so encouraged and just deeply grateful for their excitement and just the way that they are coming alongside and loving him and pouring into him. And we've just heard rave reviews of this program and how it's impacted so many other kids. So we're just excited. And, you know, even the goals that they set, I told them, I said, if he hits 30% of these, that would be huge, huge. And so I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing how it goes and excited to have this team alongside us walking with us. Um, and we'll see what the future holds. But the thing that that has changed for us is that he is there four days a week, three hours each day. And so that means that for three hours every morning, we just have two children here, which feels 
so quiet. And so Kirsten and Micah are just here. And so we've kind of another transition then is we are changing our schedule. And Jesse and I really sat down and tried to figure out what would be realistic, what would work. And so the plan is that in the mornings from 8.30 to 12.30, that will be Jesse's time for him to work and do errands or whatever he wants to do during that time. And then I will be focused on Kirsten and Micah. And then in the afternoons, then from 2 to 5.30, that will be my time to work and to just really focus on work projects and things that need to be done. And so I think for us to compartmentalize and segment, mm-hmm. we're really hopeful that that's going to be very helpful because I feel like the last three-ish years, there's just been a lot of working in the cracks and yeah. we haven't had a lot of good compartmentalization just because there's just been a lot of constant change and upheaval. And with three young children who have a lot of needs, it's hard to really make very many plans. But now that Kirsten is three, although she's been keeping us on her toes recently, but Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that she is um, three and Micah is one. And so to just have those ages here for a few hours in the morning, I'm really excited to get to dive deep more deeply back into homeschooling them because they're really excited and anxious for that. So we actually just got Memoria Press. We're doing the junior kindergarten and the preschool preschool for Micah because it's this really simple program that's basically just literature based. He's so excited about it because he loves he books, loves books and counting and songs and it's just perfect because there's no workbooks or anything like that. It's all just very visual and hands-on. And he already, he got into those books and he's been quote, reading them and just so excited. And then Kirsten's junior kindergarten, I feel like it's going to be a great fit for her as well. So I'm excited to just get to spend the mornings offline. That's another thing that I am committing to is three hours at least offline and just really focused on them because Jesse and I were having this conversation maybe two weeks ago. It was just this really kind of refining moment for me or defining moment would be a better word. We were talking about just the future and there were some different opportunities and different things. And I said, you know what? The thing that I really, really want to do is just to be able to spend my mornings kind of as if I'm a stay-at-home homeschooling mom. And I just, you know, would love to be able to be offline and just pouring into my little kids. And I think in five years from now, we're going to be in a very, very different season of life. And I am not going to get these years back. And I'm in a season where work-wise, I have a lot of flexibility. And so I could either choose to step into a lot of new things and really pursue and start a lot of new things, or I could just say, you know what, I'm going to keep it really simple right now. And I'm going to almost keep it boring in the sense of that I'm not going to be starting all these new things and doing all these new things and really working to grow and build, just kind of focusing on maintaining and being wise and strategic with the time that I have to invest, but mostly focusing my effort and energy home, especially in the mornings. And um, so I'm really, really excited about that. And it was just, it was good for us to have that clarifying conversation and for me to say, that's really what my heart wants. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm hopeful and excited. 
Um, and so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I guess we'll keep you all posted. The last piece of transition that also happened this week was, um, oh, and I didn't say with the homeschooling and our schedule, that was another thing. So we are also getting up much earlier. <laughs> You're laughing, but we did it consistently yep. for an entire week. Yep, and even week on really the weekends, good. I know Saturday and Sunday, we thought we didn't set an alarm and we can sleep in and we did not sleep in. So I think that that's the mark of, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're actually changing your habits when you wake up on your own at 5.15, Um, So we are getting up a lot earlier and going to bed earlier and just really trying to use the morning well. And I think with David needing to be out the door by 8.30, that is really great because it's challenging us. Yep. We have to get up, get him his meds, get him his um, feed going and, you know, just really get the morning started and on a good trajectory early. And that's made a huge difference. Um, but another piece of that, which is the transition, which we already alluded to, but Caitlin getting her driver's license. And so transitioning her into like really adulting. And so she got her driver's license a few days ago and she has already driven multiple times and she's doing a great job of it. And so just seeing our kids get older and take on more responsibility. And um, I, I think it's been a lot this week and I feel like my heart is still kind of feeling the effects of all of the things. Like they've just felt weighty and big. And like I said, probably take me a few weeks to process, but there's just this peace and this joy in my heart of stepping into these new seasons and transitioning and seeing what God has for us in these new seasons and being excited for what the future holds. We'd love to hear from you. As always, if you are in a season of transition, if you've walked through any of these things of sending a child off to college or a child to preschool for the first time or your child getting a driver's license or just really switching around your schedule or any other transition, we'd love to hear from you, your advice, your experiences. Send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.